This is Rob Tebbett for Boxing Social. You <laughs> <laughs> should keep that in. We'll keep that in. In association with Betfred, delighted as always to be joined by Eddie Hearn. We're week number 250 something in lockdown. How are you, Ed? I'm good. I was gonna. Um, I was thinking about getting one of those stands because I'm doing so much stuff at the moment, and I find myself just propping my phone up like this on this occasion with a pad and a pillow, and it's probably going to fall off at some point. But I'm alright, mate. I'm alright. I mean, I think um, I feel great to be honest with you. I've been like training every day, but unfortunately eating a lot as well at the same time. Um, so I feel I feel good. Um, homeschooling is driving me absolutely berserk, but it's a good humbler, you know, because kids do that to you. And I'm all right. I think, like at first, I was very much like, right, would you, you know, I remember when we did the Chizorushi fight. It was like, look, it didn't look that bad, and it was like, this might be a problem for a couple of weeks. Look, you know, we got to roll up our sleeves, we got to take this on, and then once you realise the severity of it you realise other things are important, but you also realise that the longer that you leave it, the fewer barriers, risks and boundaries will be created, you know? So, and I've no, I noticed a few people in boxing last night sort of like a few tweets from a couple of boxers who sort of said, look, boxing can wait. Do you know what I mean? And why should we rush back? And I mean, look, that's only the view of 2%. Of, of the boxers, but they do have a case as well to say, at the end of the day, whether it's July or August or September, it's got to be the right time. So we will make sure we bring back boxing back as soon as possible, but not at the expense of the health and safety of fighters or our staff or Sky's staff or whoever. So let's be honest, it doesn't really matter, does it, if boxing comes back in July or August or September, but we, we want to bring it back as soon as possible. These fighters need their opportunity. They want to earn money, but it has to be right and it has to be safe. And, you know, another point that one of the boxers made was, you know, these fighters are going out and selling tickets and being around 100. They're not going to be selling tickets. Mm. You know, one thing we know is there will be no crowds in the short term. That's a given. So that, that doesn't come into it. My bigger concern right now for boxing is the circuit yeah and, and I saw another point someone said that's alright for these promoters you know with their TV dates and TV money no not really you know in, in fact the same risk we now have is the same risk you have on your small hall shows just magnified because we were dependent on a live gate to make sure the show could break even and hopefully see some profitability because of the way that TV purses have exploded so I'm telling you now, as a TV promoter, it ain't just like it's a bad spot for a small promoter, it's also a bad spot for us. Because we don't have the revenue coming in from the gate to pay for the big fights. So we're going to be you know, losing money as well. But it is what it is. You've got to ride it out. Luckily, we've built a great business with solid cash reserves that we can ride this kind of storm. We can continue to pay the fighters on time and pay them well. But it, but it also stems to coming back when... It's right, and, and when there is no risk to the fighters, and just the barriers, Rob, that we saw from the British Boxing Board of Control yesterday. I mean, I agree with most of them, to be honest with you. It's just very difficult. 
and very costly. But we have the capability, the team and the skill to be able to do it. And I don't mean to sound arrogant. I don't believe there's anyone else that can do that in this guy. There's only two people, I believe, that are thinking about doing boxing, like in July and August, and that's us and, and Frank. I, I, and again, it's ain't a pop, but I don't think he can do it, honestly. We may not be able to do it, but I think we've got a better chance and we'll give it a go, but we'll, we'll only do it if we can do it and we'll only do it if we can make sure everyone's safe. Jump straight into that, Eddie. Um, you kind of touched upon the British Boxing Border Control stuff, which we'll come back to. But I had Frank, I interviewed Frank a few days ago, and it was the day after you'd announced that Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin would go mm. behind closed doors. Frank turned around and said to me that Dubois, Joyce, they wouldn't even consider it going behind closed doors. Explain the differences between the two, if you can. Right. It's hard for me, you know, people think that I'm having gigs and stuff like that. Basically, they've got no cash in the bank. So you only have to go to company's house and check their cap, you know, the cash reserve at Queensbury Promotion. I think it's 20,000, I mean, you know, something as small as that. So um, you, it's, you're going to lose hundreds of thousands of pounds to do it. So I don't blame I'm not having a pop at Warren saying, oh, well, he's not doing shows with your uncle. I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it because we have to, for the boxers, we have to, you know, we've still got to be clever. We can't just go in and say, yeah, nothing's changed, whatever, we're going to lose three, four hundred grand. Yeah, let's do, you know, we've still got to look at the shows, look at the finances of the shows, but luckily we're in a position where we've worked very hard over the last few years to build this kind of business that can ride these kind of storms. But riding a storm is not just like, all right, well, let's just sit there and let the rain come in and see what we can do. It's being smart. It's putting the mast up. It's preparing the ship for, for the storm. And we can do that by looking at the cost of the show, by looking at the purses, being creative around fights, bringing new sponsorship partners in, going to existing broadcasters and seeing if we can get any help to bring live boxing back. But they're not in a position to do that. And again, it's not a dig. And it, you know, it really isn't. But they, they can't afford to lose that kind of money on a show. And if you can't afford to lose that kind of money on a show, you shouldn't do it. So he's right. He won't be able to do big fights behind closed doors because he'll be losing a lot of money that doesn't exist within the business. What we spoke about with the British Boxing Board of Control, they said no championship fights. To me, from the outside looking in, a fight's a fight. Why no championship fights? Because of what it brings with it, Rob. So, you know, that might be judges, officials... Uh, supervisors, etc. That will change, in my opinion. I think what we've seen from the British Boxing Board of Control is a very conservative starting point, which basically says boxing can definitely come back if you do all these things. And as time progresses, as restrictions loosen, you will see some of those slide away. You know, a good point is no foreign fighters. Well, I want to do Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin. So, are you going to let me do that? The answer is that will be at the back end of my initial schedule that we're looking to introduce. And by then, I believe we will have everything right. We will have the complete trust of the British Boxing Board of Control. And I'm very confident that they will let international fights in, but perhaps only for the top of the bill or chief support. Look, we're looking to do five fights a night. Okay? And in my early shows, 
there will be no foreign opponents, 100%. Because forget, you know, the British Boxing Board of Control. It's more aggravation to us. We've got enough to overcome here. We don't want the extra thing of picking people up from the airport, flying fighters in. You know, if there's a problem, someone has to fly home. We want people on the ground. And that's the good news for the fighters that are on the smaller hall shows. You know? So that that's more where you've got to look at those kind of guys who think they might not have a future and say, no, you're going to get opportunities. Maybe not the opportunities that you expected to get, but all of our shows in the short term will be British, be British fights. And I'm quite excited about that, to be honest. International-wise, I mean, you wipe for Vetkins, etc. Would you look at taking those fights abroad, potentially to less affected COVID countries? If not, that, if not that's the case? I want... Everyone said to me, you can't do big fights behind closed doors. So, unfortunately, when you say that to me, I say, yes, I can, and I'll show you. Probably result in me doing my conquers, but I am definitely going to try. Look, if we can't go to Manchester Arena, which, again, we'll wait till Sunday, but... It looks very, very unlikely. We will attempt to do white perfecting behind closed doors. So would we prefer to do that in another country where we could get a gate? Yeah. And that's a, that's more of a question perhaps for Usyk Chisora and particularly for AJ against Pula. Because it's one thing substituting, you know, again, I don't, I'm open in these things. White perfecting would generate a million quid on the gate. Right? So when you go behind closed doors, you lose a million quid before you start. Now, the costs will be reduced. You know, you're not in an arena that's six figures to hire. You're not flying all people around the world and sanction fees. So you're going to get a reduction in your costs. You're going to cut some fights from the card. You'll probably go from 10 to 5. doesn't affect the broadcast because 7 p.m. anyway. So you're going to cut a few hundred grand off there. You know, do you go back to Dillian? Do you go back to Povetkin? Do you say, look, you know what your purse is. We ain't got a gate. You want to take a little bit less money? The answer will probably be, no, thanks. Sort it out yourself. And then we just, we crack on. And, you know, we're, we're prepared to lose. I don't have an issue with losing money on certain shows if I believe it's the right decision. And right now, I don't want, I think it would be a negative for boxing just to come back with smaller stuff, whilst other sports are fighting back with, you know, I, I look at this now, Rob, I don't, I, and again, call it arrogance, whatever you want, this ain't a competition between Sky and BT right now for boxing. This is a competition, I see it, between Matram, Sky, and other sports. Because when, when everything starts open and opens up, do you realise the conversation's going on with broadcasters? I'm pitching to Sky at the moment my idea, right? How many other sports are pitching to Sky their idea of their comeback? And it's not going to be, oh, cricket, we're going to play on a Sunday once a week. Cricket are going to go, we're going to play every day. We're going to hire Lords and we're going to give you a match every day. The Premier League is saying to Sky, probably, we'll give you three games a day over an, over a monthly period. Golf, right, we're going to play uh, back-to-back events. So everybody's going to be scrambling for airtime. Everybody's going to be scrambling for column inches, for digital space, for noise. So if we just come back with, you know, stuff that's not going to push the boundaries, stuff that's not going to get people talking and create narrative, and if we come back with just 
a show in a studio, it's naff. We're better than that. Boxing's better than that. Matchroom are better than that. We have to be creative. We have to be groundbreaking. We have to be innovative. We have to show the audience when you tune in. Fuck, what is this they've built here? You know, news from, you know, everything that we're doing, whether it's the testing, whether it's the weigh-ins, the press conferences, the drama, you know, the bad web. Like, there's, so, there's such a story to this as well that needs to be told along with the fight. This will hopefully never happen again in our lifetime. So let's document it. Let's show the struggle. You know, it will almost be like fire festival, but hopefully not such so much of a disaster. You know, you got to, you know, you've got to understand the work that's going to go in. It's a massive challenge. But when the people say, read that from the British Boxing Board of Control and go, that's a ball ache. Do you know what? We'll leave it. I'll go the other way. And I go, wow, how on earth are we going to do that? And then we do it. Your idea, Eddie, I, I think I read something or heard something yesterday. Are you kind of looking down, you know, the old school UFC ultimate fighter route? You were talking about having fighters and, and things like in confined in a house and documenting the whole build-up. I think that would be brilliant for my own Yeah, opinion. I mean, again, like, so far there's been a very limited number of meetings um, at the headquarters about, you know, with structural people you know, design people, production, about how we can get this off the ground. And that's already been filmed and docu- you know, and, and will be documented because it's the whole process from the lockdown to the comeback of boxing. But you're quite right. Like, you know, when we talk about building narrative, it's not just about the fights. It's the fighters turn up and they will be tested. Then they go into almost like self-isolation in their room and don't move until we get the results of the test. There will probably be fighters that fail the test. No, but it's not just testing on the Thursday for a fight on Saturday. It's daily temperature checks. It's all kinds of different things because you can't leave anything to chance. And I, I'm kind of glad. I don't really want to be the first for once. And I'm not talking about the first in Britain. I'm talking about the first globally. So I'm over the moon that Dana White is going to Saturday. You know, I saw his back and forth with Bob Arum last night, which was unbelievable. But I would rather he goes and we learn from the mistakes because there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be major problems for everybody. But you know, normally you'd want to say, well, we want to bring it back first. I, I have no problem if Frank wants to go a week or so before us just so we can gauge off the successes and, and, and the problems and because it's going to be hard for everyone. You mentioned Bob Arum. I spoke to Bob the other night. It kind of goes back to what you were saying about these big pay-per-view fights and the gate, etc. Obviously, Wilder Fury broke Nevada State. Um, there we go. Broke Nevada State um, gate. So he's talking about Wilder Fury 3 or Joshua Pulev or, dare we say it, Joshua Fury. You're missing out on that kind of $20 million, let's say, for the gate if it was going to be in Vegas. Plus, you're talking about potentially, at least in the future, maybe step-aside fees. You're already kind of 40, 50 million dollars in the hole. Does that kind of, what kind of spanner does that throw in the works for the big, big heavyweight fights and going abroad for those fights? Yeah, not not just um you know, look, you saw the spanner that it puts in puts in a white event. Might be a million quid spanner. You know, and a Joshua Pula fight might be a ten million quid spanner. Which all of a sudden, you know, we're not gonna go to AJ and say, mate, uh, there's ten million less in the pot now. You're right with that. We've got to get creative. 
whether that's bringing a gate back in October, November, December, whether that's going to an alternative. They have to understand that every country is in a different situation right now. You know, we had a call with our partners in New, New Zealand last night. There are zero cases, right? They're not letting anyone in at the moment, but there are zero cases. Australia, I think, a handful of cases now. These countries are going to be up and running a lot quicker than our country or America. You know, Middle East, Dubai now is, looks like it's getting back on its feet. Saudi are, are starting to overcome it as well. So would Saudi or Dubai or Abu Dhabi be ready to stage an event in September, October? I think 100%. You know, is it safe? That's, you know, that, that's another thing we have to consider as well. But I think if we can't get a live gate for the bigger fights, we have to look elsewhere. And that involves looking at other territories with potential site fees. How much no, money? Sorry, Eddie. How much money do you think you would need to make a Joshua Fury fight in, say, Dubai, with behind closed doors, no audience, no live gate? Well, I just think that you know you you have to look at what you're missing from the pot. So, for example, you know, a gate for Joshua Pulev could be, uh, say, it was ten million dollars. That's what you're missing. But that's for a UK show. So from there, you know, you've got. The extra problems of the flights, you know, taking fighters out there. I mean, it's you know, it's it's not easy. But I don't think AJ. I think Canelo is as another guy who's got a problem. You know, any big draw that relies where there's a, a substantial amount of revenue coming from the live gate, you need to get, be creative. You know, and that's like when you talk about Canelo and Billy Joe. That's where that fight. You know, that even that I don't know the gate might be eight million dollars. It's difficult just to say, oh, I'll just go with that. And, and do you really, do I really want AJ to box behind closed doors? No, not really. No, no, not even not really. No. You know, I think he has become, you know, what he has produced in terms of that live moment, that live audience, the visual that's broadcast around the world. I will be doing everything I can not to make sure that AJ doesn't fight behind closed doors. But, listen, if this goes on for another 6, 12 months, we won't have a choice. Final one before I let you go, Eddie, because obviously you've got to go back to your schooling. What are you teaching, by the way? Everything. English, history, science, maths, Spanish. It is, I mean, if you, we talk about documenting our comeback of boxing, you know, this could be documented um, the homeschooling. It would just make the best TV show because I, I never really lose my rank right, in business. But, oh my God. Like, this morning, just the absolute disregard for the fact that I am your father is just unbelievable. And you know when it's like, right, there's, there's, a, I might be right. There's it. What's four ad four? Four ad four. Four ad four. Yeah. Four ad four. Yeah. So, sorry. What's four ad four? Oh, Tuesday. Sorry. Tuesday. Tuesday. I don't know. It's like the attitude is just like, it just absolutely breaks me. So, actually, Rob, I know I said that I only had 20 minutes, but if you do want to ask any more questions, I am. Um, available for another five minutes if you want. 
That's very kind of you, Eddie. I'll take you up on that. Um, as I said, I mentioned speaking to Bob Arum the other night. It seems like everybody I speak to says talks about Joshua Fury are way, way premature and they're not happening. Yeah, they are. And it, it's really come from, I said, you know, my old mate Mike Coppinger. He started it. He came on to me about two weeks ago. Oh, here there's talks. And Mike's normally like quite, you know, he, he gets the lowdown. I said, no, mate, there isn't. Oh, come on. I said, oh, I promise you there is. I don't mind telling you if there is. And then Steve Kim phoned me up from ESPN about four days ago and said, oh, I'm hearing there's negotiations with you for Wilder to step aside. I said, it's nothing to do with us. I said, look, if top rank want to talk to Shelley Finkel and Al Heyman and see if there's a way they can get Wilder to step aside, then we have a conversation. The only conversations at the moment are territories approaching us, approaching MTK and us talking, saying we'd like to stage this fight. That's it. There's been no talk about the deal, which is quite straightforward. No talk about broadcasters yet. I mean, there was stuff three or four months ago, three months ago. Yeah, three months ago, with me and Aaron talking, MTK talking, that deal about when it could be. But there's been nothing at all. There's no negotiations at all. It's still our intention to fight Kubra Kulev. They've got to somehow find a way to do Wilder Fury. I think they've got a tougher job on their hands, to be honest with you, because they've got a bigger substitute for the gate. Um, I, I, you know, I saw Bob's interview yesterday, I think, where he was talking about going to uh, another territory that he's looking at. It's not the Middle East. Uh, Bob, I think Bob convinces himself of his, of his, uh, of his um, porky pies sometimes that they are actually happening. Um, but he will have to get creative. And, and, you know, if you're Vegas right now, you're on your knees, aren't you? I mean, imagine that place. So they've got to bring live gates back as soon as possible. But obviously... People are only prepared to go there and be comfortable when it's safe. And I do think a lot of these live gates will evolve around a vaccine, to be honest with you. Realistically, Eddie, from, from what we're hearing now from the British Boxing Board of Control, obviously you're talking about taking fights to other territories at the end of the year or potentially keeping them here. What would you say the next 12 months looks like for kind of the big heavyweight boxing matches, the big heavyweight fights? Um, I think I think you'll get... I'm still hopeful that you know we can deliver white protection probably in early August. I think Chisora Usyk might need a new home. And I'm hopeful that AJ, I'm hopeful that we can get into a position, you know, once we get to sort of August, September, we'll know really where we stand in terms of live crowds. I'd still like to be hopeful that we can have live crowds this year. I mean, I do believe it's a pessimistic view to say we won't see live gates till 2021, but that might be the case. I don't think that's a mad suggestion. But I'm still optimistic that we can generate a live crowd later in the year. We now have bitten a bullet and say AJ will only fight once this calendar year. You know, it's pretty obvious. So there's no, all of a sudden, it was always like, must get out in June or July so we can box in November, December. Now it's, if it's September, no problem. But if it's October or November, not ideal, but not the end of the world either. <laughs> 